In February, we are making our way through Exodus and Leviticus, among other books. We will consider them together here. As we arrive at Exodus, the second book of the Bible, we encounter patterns that will be important for the rest of the Old Testament and even the New Testament. These patterns include redemption, covenant, and worship. Essentially, we learn how and why God saves God's people and how and why God enters into a special relationship with God's people. One of the key passages for understanding Exodus and the story of the whole Bible is Exodus 19, verses 4 through 6. This passage says, You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. Before God enters into a special covenant relationship with God's people and teaches them about worship, God must first redeem them from their overlords, the Egyptians. The title for the book, Exodus, means departure or way out. God redeemed the Israelites from Egyptian slavery, and they depart from Egypt to Mount Sinai. It's at this location where God enters into a special relationship with them. Let's make our way through the main sections of the book and see why it's so significant. The theme of redemption is dominant in chapters 1 through 18. In this first section, God redeemed the Israelites from slavery to the state of Egypt. The Israelites were in Egypt at the beginning of Exodus because God in his sovereignty had them there to save them from a severe and widespread famine, which took place at the end of Genesis. Egypt put the Israelites into slavery because of its fear of the growing number of the Israelites. God's people were being blessed with abundant descendants because God was fulfilling his promise to Abraham and his descendants to do so. After God rescued the Israelites from the oppressive power of Egypt, God began to fulfill his promise concerning the gift of the promised land by leading them there. In chapters 19 through 24, the emphasis shifts to the theme of covenant. Also in fulfillment of God's promise to Abraham and his descendants, God gave the Israelites the law to define a special relationship to them. All of these promises go back to Genesis 12, verses 1 through 3, where Abraham was blessed to be a blessing. It's important to emphasize that God did not give them the law so that they could somehow earn God's favor or salvation. The Israelites were already saved at this point. God's grace precedes, undergirds, and follows God's righteous requirements. This was true for the Israelites and remains true for us. God entered into a covenant relationship with them for the purpose of being God's servant nation in the world. According to Exodus 19, verse 6, God called them to be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. This is how Israel would be a blessing for the world, or at least how they could be. Finally, chapters 25 through 40 focus on the theme of worship. In this last major section of Exodus, God commanded the Israelites to build a tabernacle, and they did so. 
The purpose of the tabernacle was to provide a special dwelling place for God to be worshipped by the Israelites. They could become a holy nation because a holy God was in their midst. However, before they have a chance to build a tabernacle, the new nation falls into idolatry and is judged by God. Thankfully, Moses interceded for the Israelites and God responded with mercy. We see in Exodus our own story. Through Jesus' death and resurrection, God redeems us from slavery to sin, death, and the devil. In this new Exodus, we are delivered for the sake of being in a new covenant relationship with God through our Lord Jesus. This relationship is defined as being a life of worship and service to God in the leading and power of God's Spirit. There are echoes of the Exodus all throughout the New Testament. One of my favorite places where we can hear such an echo is Colossians 1, verses 13 and 14, where it says, He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Now let's spend a little bit of time on Leviticus. The third book of the Bible is often confusing and hard to read and understand. The key is to understand it as a handbook on holiness. Leviticus picks up the story of Exodus and Israel is still on Mount Sinai. The book of Leviticus depicts the giving of many commands to Israel. Each of these commands has to do with the concept of holiness. The key verse in the book is in Leviticus 19, verse 2, where it says, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Since there is now a holy God living among them in the tabernacle, the people of God must be holy and live holy lives. The book is focused on God's holiness, God being set apart, and the relationship of his people to this God who is holy. Thus, the first 10 chapters are about being able to live before a holy God, what you might call the way to the Holy One, and chapters 11 through 27 are about holy lives as God's holy people, what you might call the way of holiness. This emphasis on being holy is picked up in the New Testament and was a concern of Jesus and all the New Testament writers. We are to be holy as God is holy. We see in the book of Leviticus a reflection of God's character, what we are to reflect to the world as we are seeking to be a blessing because we have been blessed.